Hey guys, welcome back to the Misfit Independent Podcast. As always, I'm excited to have you here. For today's episode, I promise it's going to be short and sweet. And I know I always say that, but I do want to keep things interesting for you guys. And I'm going to try something new, or old rather, where I'm not posting my solo episodes on YouTube. I'm just posting them on Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. So I'm going to go back to traditional podcast episodes when I'm recording myself. If I'm interviewing somebody, those are the episodes that are going to be posted on YouTube. And part of that is just to help me manage burnout. As I'm scaling, as I'm starting to create more and more content, it's taking up a lot of my time and I want to focus on delivering quality content that I'm putting a lot of thought, energy, and research into instead of just creating for the sake of creating. So when I am making decisions like this, I want to just make sure that I'm creating the best possible content for you guys and that you're enjoying it. And it is not leading me to a place of burnout. But speaking about burnout, got a major life update. I'm starting a new opportunity at the end of July. I'm super excited. It's still in sales. I'm still going to be an account executive doing what I love, doing what my skill set lies in. And I'm really excited. But in the meantime, I've got a couple more weeks of just relaxing, resetting, getting rid of corporate burnout and preparing for this pretty big life transition. So I've been taking some time just to reset. I've been reading, getting inspired. I've been wedding planning like crazy. Huge series coming up on that front and I'm really excited to share that with you guys. I just went dress shopping recently and that was so much fun. But I am nowhere near nowhere near having any major decisions made yet. The good thing is I've got a ton of time. I'm not getting married until November next year, so I have a ton of time on my hands. But enough about me. I want to get into the meat and potatoes of this episode, and it's going to be on robo-advisors. So we're going to talk about robots, not necessarily the kind that Elon Musk is building, but if you haven't heard, Elon and Tesla are actually right now working on creating insanely smart robots, or the Tesla bot, and it's going to be built using fully independent artificial intelligence, which is fascinating, especially because Musk has always been really good at catching trends and getting ahead of the competition. So he actually recently revealed that Tesla's FSD or full self-driving tech is going to move and translate into this robotic work. And he kind of dropped a hint that homes are going to have humanoid robots in the future. If you think about the Roomba and how many friends or family members of yours might have one. My parents actually just bought one that washes and vacuums floors and when they first got it, it scared the crap out of their cats, which is really fun to watch. And a good friend of mine actually also has one. I think he has the official Roomba, fancy, but he calls it the dust slut, which is hilarious. Uh, we wanted to get it a little maid outfit too, but anyways, that's a side note. Robots are everywhere. They've been in the finance world for some time as well. And and robo-advisors specifically have been around since 2008, which a lot of people don't know. So it's a fairly new instrument. The, the first company that launched it was Betterment, which is a brokerage in the US. And they launched the first robo-advisor with the purpose of rebalancing assets within a target date fund. And a target date fund, for anyone who's like, wait, what was that? Let's go back to that for a second. The official description, if we were to look up like in a finance dictionary, what a target date fund is, it's a class of mutual funds or ETFs that periodically rebalances its asset class weights 
so that it optimizes for risk and returns in a specific time frame. So in English, what that basically means is it's a fund that changes what it's invested in and how much it invests into different asset classes within a specific time frame. So Betterment launched this to help people passively manage their buy and hold investments, and they wanted to make it as simple as possible, so they launched a simplified online platform. And I've talked about this before. I love robo-advisors. I use one for my retirement account because I don't really want to actively manage it. I want to be hands-off with it. I actively manage my TFSA, and that's like a Roth IRA for anyone from the States listening to this. So a robo-advisor is what I personally use with my 401k equivalent or in Canada, the RSP. And I think it's an incredible option for beginner investors or anybody who doesn't want to pick stocks and take care of their investments themselves. Robo-advisors are going to charge a fraction of the management fee that traditional financial advisors make. And remember, the more work that someone is doing to manage your money, the more they're going to charge. That's why financial advisors are one of the more expensive ways to invest because there's somebody that, that is actively making decisions and you need to pay their salary. And they're either getting paid through a fee-based system or through commissions. And commissions is not always the best option because they might be pushing a product on you that won't be the best for what you actually need. So robo-advisors, you're not paying for an advisor's salary. You're paying a piece of AI, essentially. But we'll get to that because I want to explain how they work. So first, a robo-advisor isn't always fully automated. It's a digital financial advisor that manages investments with moderate or minimal human intervention. So they do use algorithms and they want to understand and predict your preferences as an investor. So they want to understand your risks and your goals. They'll ask you a very specific set of questions to try to categorize you as an investor. And then that helps them build a model portfolio for you. So they're going to send you like a basic profile questionnaire. It's going to ask you things about your gender, your income, if you have any liabilities or debts, how willing you are to take on risk and how you manage risk and what your current asset allocation is, which means what you're already invested in. So this piece of AI or this tech is going to create an investor profile for you. And depending on which one you're using, some might actually even look at your transaction history. So they go pretty in depth. They use AI and data to make decisions and to predict the kinds of things that you would want to be invested in based on your risk profile, based on what kind of investments you've already made, based on your debt and what else you currently hold. So it's very, very, so it's very intuitive and they focus on passively investing instead of actively trying to beat the market. This is a really big thing. So they focus on buying index funds and ETFs that contain stocks from all over the world. This is where a robo-advisor is going to differ from a traditional individual making investment decisions because of our frame of reference. And I talked about this a little bit when we had Ryan on way back in the day. I think this is like 2020 actually, or early 2021 when we had Ryan on, we talked about international markets. When you live in Canada or you live in the U.S., you have a very North American perspective because you're reading North American news, you're interacting with people that live around you. You're not necessarily being exposed to what's happening all across the world. And in Europe, in Asia, 
their markets, their stock market might be performing drastically different from how the North American markets are performing because the companies there are different. The natural resources are different. And that's why like the TSX and the NASDAQ have entirely different companies in them and the performance of those indexes are different. So when you live in North America, you've got a North American frame of reference and you're not usually, usually is the keyword because I'm sure there are anomalies, but you're not usually investing into international markets. Whereas if you're using a robo-advisor, it will contain stocks from all over the world. So a big thing about robo-advisors is it doesn't actively try to beat the market. It's trying to passively invest for you, which I talked about. So it's great for people that have a long-term focus and that want as much diversity in their portfolio as possible. So if you're using a robo-advisor, you want to keep your money in there for at least at least four to five years. And the reason for this is so you can ride out any kind of market fluctuations. So let me let me give you guys an example. Like if you're buying a house or you know you get engaged, you decide you want to move in with your partner and you're saving for a down payment. This actually happened to a friend of mine. He wanted to buy a house in 2021. The market was booming. It was absolutely just on fire. And he knew that he needed uh, I think $120,000 for his down payment. He had $60,000 invested in the markets that he just put in at the start of the year. That $60,000 became $80,000 real quick because the market was on fire. We were going through a massive bull run. And now we're definitely in a bear market. So now he's still trying to buy a house. But now that $80,000 that he thought he had, that he thought he could contribute to his down payment, and he only needed $40,000 more, that $80,000 is now $40,000 which is really difficult to see. And that's why I always say, if you are looking to buy real estate, don't have the money that you're using in an account or in a vehicle that can be incredibly volatile. So you don't want to be in that situation, right? Where you want to buy a house and you've been saving for so long, but instead of keeping that money aside, you've been investing it, trying to grow it, and you don't have the long-term time horizon to be able to ride out those waves. That 40,000 that he has in his account right now He's a very, very intelligent individual. So he's invested it and diversified it into all kinds of different things. But I can confidently say, because I have seen his portfolio, that it's going to be two, 300,000 in the next 10 years. And in the next 40 years, when he's looking to retire, unless he's able to retire sooner and make more money, that 40,000 is going to be his entire retirement account. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be millions at that point, depending on how long he actually stays invested. So the key, again, if you want to invest and use a robo-advisor is don't keep your money in there. If you're looking to buy real estate, you want to keep it in there for at least four to five years so that you can ride out market fluctuations. So that leads me into the next question that y'all probably have, which is what do robo-advisors actually invest in? So I said index funds, ETFs, stocks from around the world. But generally, they invest in mutual funds and low-cost ETFs. So they buy a basket of stocks with one purchase. And it's not just stocks. It could be bonds in there as well. A lot of the products that they do choose are index funds, like ones that match the S&P 500 or the U.S. bond market. As an individual investor, you, especially if you've got a very high risk profile, you're probably not thinking about bonds. But bonds help you diversify. They're a different type of investing. And if you have 
just equities in your portfolio. You do want to have a small, small fraction of bonds in there just so that it can help mellow out and neutralize that those high-risk growth stocks potentially. So I said a lot of the products that they choose are index funds like the S&P 500 or U.S. bonds, but they hold those assets for a longer period of time so that they can track the market instead of trying to beat the market and you know buy and sell during shorter periods. So it's really trying to track the market and stay with it for a long period of time. They, they do buy stocks, but mostly they're buying stocks in the form of ETFs. And they'll hold all kinds of different stocks from domestic and international markets, but they'll also hold stocks from emerging markets as well. So an emerging market could be like Africa, for example. And I know that Africa isn't a country, it is a continent, but the African markets are considered emerging markets. I don't know if you guys saw that TikTok where it was somebody walking around the mall asking people to name three different African countries. So right off the top of my head, I've got Zimbabwe, South Africa, Nigeria. I'm going to challenge you guys to name three. And you can't say the ones that I just said. Another thing that I briefly touched on is the bonds. So a robo-advisor can invest in government bonds or corporate bonds, just basically them buying debt instead of equity. And generally, and you can't see me because this is a voice-only episode, but I'm doing air quotes. So generally, they're a safer, air quote, way to invest. But outside stocks, bonds, ETFs, and mutual funds, a robo-advisor can also invest into things like foreign currency or gold, even real estate in some cases, which is pretty freaking cool. And the goal of a robo-advisor is to build you a diversified portfolio that minimizes risk. Okay, we talked about a lot on this, but I do I do want to chat a bit about some of the other benefits of using a robo-advisor and why you'd want to go that route instead of making decisions on your own. Big case for them is that they're accessible 24-7, whereas a human investment advisor may not be. Like, especially if it's a long weekend in Canada, you know, the investment advisor, especially if they work at the bank, are probably out enjoying their holidays, you know. Having having a cottage springs by the lake, as Canadians do during a long weekend. So, and a robo-advisor you're going to be able to reach because they're not on the lake. Because you can't put a computer in the water. As my dad jokes are getting worse and worse. But they, they do everything for you online. They automate everything. One thing that I love is I've set up auto deposits to Wealthsimple. That's the robo-advisor that I use, but I'm going to compare a lot of different ones so you can get a sense of which one might be right for you. And they do it, or I do it rather, I transfer money on a bi-weekly basis, but you can do it weekly, bi-weekly, monthly, whatever works for you. You withdraw money, you check your balance, you can do all of that at home in your PJs. You don't have to go to the bank and physically sit down with an advisor. And one of the other bennies, just what I call benefits, guys, one of the other bennies, not like, you know, smoked salmon, eggs, Benedict, but one of the other bennies is that they have low fees. Most of them don't have any minimums. So I'm not going to say no minimums, but I'll say no or low minimum, depending on what investment vehicle it is. And they invest based on your values and your principles. And most of them do automatic rebalancing. So we'll talk about that. But first, let's start with fees. 
Most robo-advisors invest in low-cost ETFs. So already that means that comparing a mutual fund and a low-cost ETF, when you buy that vehicle, when you buy that group of stocks, you're going to be charged a fee for some of those ETFs. And the robo-advisor is doing this for you, so you're not doing any of this work, but the robo-advisor is buying a low-cost ETF. The fee structure for buying either a mutual fund or an ETF, because there is a company that put that package of stocks together, the company or the bank usually, or institution, because it can be Vanguard, whatever it is, they charge a fee for you to buy that product. And that is called a management expense ratio or MER. And I've talked about this before. Now, the robo-advisor itself will also take a fee because the company that you're investing with needs to make money somehow. So most robo-advisor fees outside of the products that they're actually buying, but the fees to just operate and use the robo-advisor, those fees are going to be below 1% total. And the range that I've seen is anywhere from like 0.4% to 1% in terms of what you have invested. So fees make a really big difference. If we're looking at 2.5% on $500, that's only $12.50. But if we have 500K, which you guys are listening to this, I'm confident that in the next 10, 20, 30 years, however long it's gonna take, you are gonna have that amount invested because you are doing the necessary things to get there. And it's a journey. But if you have 500K with a 2.5% MER, like you're using an investment advisor and it's an actively managed fund that they're buying, that 2.5% fee is going to be $12,500. So quite a substantial difference. Another big benefit that more and more people are starting to care about is the fact that a robo-advisor can be socially responsible at investing or... You can invest in SRIs. That's what it's called. SRI or socially responsible investing. And people want to invest in things that make them feel good. They love to walk old ladies across the street. I actually have a really funny story of something that happened to me recently. But I'm going to talk about SRI investing in a bit. I'll tell you guys a story because this was so odd. So, so, so odd. So, side note. um, I was walking back from the art gallery a few weeks ago and I had some really heavy bags And I see this woman stop, this like old Asian woman, stop and ask me for help. And she didn't speak any English. She was just this small, tiny um, Asian grandmother. And she keeps pointing across the street. And I'm like, okay, sure, I'll help you. I thought she wanted to go to the bank because she kept pointing at the bank. And I'm helping her cross. And I've got some pretty heavy bags with me. She's got a ton of stuff too. I'm holding her stuff. I'm kind of frazzled, like, what is going on here? And in perfect English, all of a sudden, she's like, why are you walking so slow? I'm like, excuse me, I'm trying to help you. And then she completely points in the other direction, and she's like, I'm taking the bus. And the bus that she was pointing at zooms right past us because we haven't made it to that side of the street yet, which is kind of dangerous, but I'm trying to walk an old woman who can barely walk, like she has a walker. And anyways, we crossed the street. Thankfully, there was another bus behind her or behind the one that passed. I help her get on. She has the walker. So by the time we get the walker in, her bags, I'm leaving mine on the side of the street. It's a whole mess of a situation. I help her get on. And she's like, by the way, do you have any money? And like, I I didn't have any money because who carries change anymore? But I did tap my presto card for her. And that was that. But it was the end of a very weird interaction especially because she didn't start off speaking english 
was pointing and like making sounds and then becomes fully fluent. So very weird interaction. Don't always walk old ladies down the street. You don't know what they're capable of, but you know, people want to do things like this because it makes them feel good because it makes them feel like they're contributing to a better world. And people want to invest in things that make them feel good. Not everyone. I mean, I still invest in oil companies, even though I love the planet. And I'm really big on the environment and sustaining the environment. But I think we're a ways away from having green energy fully take over. And while I might not be somebody that fully invests solely into socially responsible companies, you might be. So robo-advisors are going to offer SRI investment portfolios Heck, some of them even offer halal portfolios that comply with Islamic law. I don't fully know what that means. I'm not fully educated on Islamic law and um, Islamic investing. But if anybody is, feel free to slide into my DMs. I would love to learn more. And there's not that much information online. But outside of halal investing, SRI investing, being able to do it anywhere, one of the biggest bennies, and this is like a big benny. Like imagine like a nice, warm, toasted English muffin, perfectly poached egg, smothered in golden, luscious hollandaise. I don't know if you can tell that I am starving, but the next Benny is automatic rebalancing. And remember how I said the whole goal of a robo-advisor is to make sure that your money grows and it minimizes risk? So a robo-advisor moves money around between different investments for you so that there's a perfect balance so at some points they might be heavier on bonds at some points they might allocate more funds to a certain sector like financials or banking or blue chip stocks instead of growth stocks when it's a period of economic downturn for example so this helps you as an investor reach your financial goals because if you as an individual are doing this chances are you're not rebalancing and having as critical and disciplined approach to rebalancing your portfolio. So big thing is that you're not doing it yourself. If you're investing in stock picking, you do want to make sure that you're doing sector rotation. I have a full episode on this and you're rebalancing on a monthly, if not even a weekly basis. Another cool benefit of working with a robo-advisor is that some of them are going to have a human element to it or somebody that you can reach out to to ask questions that's like a cherry on top or if we're talking about the eggs benedict that's like you know smoked salmon which can either be hit or miss but usually it's a hit and while we're on the topic of brunch it's like 3 15 when i'm recording this i just had lunch i don't know what's going on with me but food is clearly the only thing that's on my mind but i'm thinking about brunch and the the little breakfast potatoes that come on the side of the eggs benedict those those little crispy godly nuggets that are delivered straight from the gods when you're hungover af probably the only thing you can stomach if you're me when you're hungover that in terms of robo advisors is tax loss harvesting and tax loss harvesting please babes next time you guys go for brunch tell your friends about tax loss harvesting and you're going to be reminded of it watch you're going to be reminded of it when you have those crispy golden potatoes. So tax loss harvesting crispy golden potatoes is the concept of selling your investments when they go down so that you lose money. 
And yes, yes, you're purposely selling at a loss. The reason why you do this is so that you pay less taxes. Not everybody is going to do this in the right way if you're making decisions on your own. So you might sell something like Microsoft or a company that has a lot of future potential, in which case, definitely not the right move. Definitely not. Microsoft, for example, is something that you'd want to hold on to for a long time. They are an incredibly diversified business. They have so many different product lines. Microsoft actually owns LinkedIn, which a lot of people don't know. And LinkedIn is an industry leader. They have so many different products that they sell, which a lot of people don't know as well. So Microsoft is a company that's got a lot of potential, especially Azure and everything that they're doing on the cloud side. But when an investment goes down, the first instinct is not always to sell it. But if you do want to take part in tax loss harvesting, you sell it. You incur the loss and then you get cash back in your portfolio. And with that cash, you buy something else. So a robo-advisor is going to do this process for you automatically so that you don't have to worry about buying and selling those investments to save on your tax bill. That's all for like how they work, what they do. I'm going to talk about different kinds of robo-advisors now so you guys can decide and see which one works for you. I talked about the one that I used, and I'll talk about why as well, but I want you to understand the differences between them. And I'm going to rank all of them in Canada. Sorry to my U.S. listeners, still love you guys. Maybe I'll do a U.S. one in the future. And if you do want me to do one in the future, just let me know. I can always use more content ideas. So the criteria that I'm picking the top robo-advisors on are going to be based on three things. One, fees. Two, the minimum that you need invested. And three, how easy it is to actually use the platform. So all of these that I'm going to talk about, I've used, I've checked them out, I've tried to sign up, I've gone through the process, and I've done my due diligence. So based on that criteria, fees, minimum investment, and how easy it is to use, the first one I'm going to talk about is Wealth Simple Invest. And it's a lot more than, you know, just a very beautiful website and heartwarming commercials. It's actually the leading robo-advisor in Canada, and they've got offices in Canada, in the US, in Europe as well, which is pretty cool. They have a ton of employees and they've got $5 billion in assets under management. They've got over 175,000 clients worldwide. So that's what makes them the largest robo-advisor. So short story, they know what they're doing with your money. And when it comes to the platform, there's no minimum. So anybody can open up an account. Your portfolio is gonna invest in ETFs that span the whole globe. I talked about. And like most robo-advisors, they're going to tailor the portfolio to match your style and to match your risk tolerance. In terms of pricing tiers, they've got three different options. Basic, which lets you deposit up to $100,000 and the fee for that is 0.5%. Next tier up is their black tier, which lets you deposit between $100,000 to $500,000. And the fee on that is 0.4%. And then the last tier, which we're all going to get to, is the generation tier, which lets you deposit more than $500,000. And the fee is 0.4%, but then it also has all kinds of additional perks and benefits for working with them, like one-on-one support and things like that. Fantastic thing to note about Wealthsimple is they do tax loss harvesting, whoop, whoop, golden potatoes. And they also help you with financial goal planning. So they can help you understand what your goals are and how to get there. 
If you don't use Wealth Simple, I've got a link that's going to get you some money back. But in the past five years, their robo-advisor has given me a return of 5.9% for my retirement account. In the last three years, that return was 6.9%. And what I like about them is that you do get some support, some human advisor support. People who have a ton of industry experience, they've got fantastic blogs and resources. It's a super, super easy to use platform. So it's very sleek. It's very user-friendly. They've got a very broad selection of what you can invest in. So I mentioned halal investing. They do offer it. And SRIs are socially responsible funds. The ETF MERs are the lowest compared to what I've seen. So the fees for those individual ETFs that they invest in are usually like 0.2% upwards. Um, so the average is 0.2%, but the, the total cost can be anywhere from 0.6 to 0.7 of a percent. There's no minimum like I talked about and they've got fairly reasonable fees. So under 100K, the fees are 0.5%. And then they drop when you've got more than 100K invested. And they do free tax loss harvesting. What I don't like about them is they've got slightly higher fees than other robo-advisors depending on your portfolio value. And they don't have as many like unique financial tools. And I'll explain that. So the next one for robo-advisors is one that I haven't talked about ever before and it's RBC's Invest Ease. So this started as a pilot program in 2017 and then it rolled out all across Canada in 2018. Since then, RBC's Global Asset Management built an alliance with BlackRock Asset Management, and then they've created something called RBC iShares ETFs. So these are, in Canada, the largest and most comprehensive in the sense that they include so many different things. They've got 150 different ETFs, and they have 60 billion in assets under management. So Wealthsimple has 5 billion, RBC's InvestEase has 60 billion. The fees are extremely competitive if you have less than 100,000 to invest. The only downside is that they have a very tiered pricing structure and they provide discounts if you have a larger balance. But beyond like your traditional account types, like an RSP or TFSA, they don't have too many accounts that you can actually invest and use a robo-advisor for. So Wealthsimple will let you invest um, an RESP, which is a Registered Educational Savings Plan. RBC investees won't let you use a robo-advisor with an RESP. So that's, that's one distinction. I don't personally bank with RBC, but it's a fantastic option for anybody who does. Over the last three years, they've had an 8.57 return. And in the last five years, they had a 9.47% annualized return. Pretty cool stuff. Next one I'm going to talk about is Questrade. And their robo-advisor is called Quest Wealth. They've got the best fees and they actually have five different types of portfolios that you pick from. So they range from aggressive, which is for high-risk investors. These are for people... Or this category is probably going to be people that have a lot of time before they retire because got enough time for the market to do its thing. You've got a growth category for medium to high risk investors, balanced for medium risk investors, income for medium to low risk investors, and then conservative for very low risk investors. So each portfolio is going to have a different blend of equity 
and fixed income or like socks and bonds. Did I just say socks? Either way, we're talking about stocks, guys. They're all going to generate a different level of return. So quick, quick question for you. Which type of portfolio do you think is going to be more heavy on bonds? And if you said aggressive, sorry to break it to you, but you are wrong. It is the conservative one. When you work with Questrade, you need to have at least $1,000 to open up an investment account. Anything less is just going to be held in cash. They won't let you invest less than that with a robo-advisor. Now, the fees. The fees are going to be 0.2% to 0.25% based on the amount that you have in deposits. MERs on Questrade's funds are fairly standard, fairly competitive. Um... They do offer socially responsible investing and they have support for all kinds of different investors. But the fees are 0.2 to 0.25 to manage your money in the robo-advisor. And then the funds that they invest in, the average ETF, MER, I know it's a lot of acronyms, guys, but hopefully at least like this pretty complex concept starting to make sense. So the fee to buy those ETFs within, within the robo-advisor those fees on average are 0.19%. So it's important to know that. They invest in a variety of different funds. I talked about socially responsible investing, I think. And what I don't necessarily like is that you need $1,000 to open up the account. I also don't really like the fact that it's actively managed. So that means that there's going to be a human touch and that may turn some investors off who want like a truly authentic robo-advisor experience. Questrade's annualized return over the past three years was 8.47%. Over five years, it was 6.76%. So you can see like these range quite a bit because there's different tech, there's different AI, there's all these different plugins that are making these decisions. And maybe perhaps the types of people that are using RBC's investees versus the types of people that are using Questrade are different. So it's hard to really say why the returns are as different as they are. But the last one that I want to review is BMO's Smartfolio. And it does have an investment minimum as well. It requires that you have $1,000 minimum. The fees for it are on the higher end. So the fees range from 0.4% to 0.7%. They do have a dedicated team of people that can support. They do have a dedicated team that can support you. And they've got a bunch of award-winning ETFs that you can build your portfolio around as well. And they obviously take into account preferences and risk tolerance also. But in terms of the MER of the ETFs, the weighted average for the BMO Smartfolio account, the MER, the MERs of the ETFs that they invest in are anywhere from 0.2% to 0.35%. So it's fairly comparable to the other ones in that sense. But the unique part of BMO Smartfolio is its investment approach. So it actually uses something called a hybrid approach where it will use smart beta ETFs and then have a team of advisors that actively watch the portfolio and they make adjustments where needed so it functions like a robo advisor but it's got a more hands-on approach there are people behind the scenes and that's very very unique for this type of product so the rebalancing aspect that's done roughly four times a year so that you're always on top of your asset allocation but there's a human touch to that 
What I do like about it is that it lets the tech do its thing, but the human advisors are still pulling the strings and rebalancing and just double checking, making sure all the T's are crossed and the I's are crossed. That's what I personally like about them. They, all of these people that are managing the, um, the portfolios, I think there's a team of 17 people. And when I was looking into this combined, one of the benefits that they talk about is that they've got 300 years of combined portfolio management and chartered financial analysis experience. So they're accountants, some of them. Some of them are very experienced portfolio managers. BMO is Canada's oldest bank and it's backed by Canada's oldest bank. So if you wanted to work with a robo-advisor, if you wanted to use a robo-advisor, but don't want to use a newer financial institution, you've got options. You've got BMO, you've got RBC. Fees. Fees are higher than expected with BMO. They're between 0.4 to 0.7% per year. And the MER is 0.24%. So something to consider. Also, for me, the human advisor pulling their pulling the strings, crossing the I's, checking the T's, that's a benefit. But for some people, that could be a turnoff as well. So that is something to make note of. In terms of their annualized return, over the last three years, it was 7.11%. And in the last five years, it was 6.18%. So they're all relatively similar in performance. They've all all of them have the bells and whistles. They differ in very small ways. Either one will work and will manage your money effectively. It really just depends on some of these criteria that I talked about, what really is the best for you. And ease of use is something that I don't want you to underestimate. And that's why Wealthsimple is the one that I use because it's so easy to navigate. Quest Trade, when I first logged into the platform, is a little bit more technical. Their UI, their user interface is a little bit more difficult to navigate. That being said, I'm sure if I sat there for like 20 minutes, I could have figured it out. But when I was comparing and looking at them, just the the experience, it differs platform to platform. So I definitely recommend pull them all up. Read through some of the details yourself. But I hope this episode helped you understand which Rebel Advisor might be best for you. And if it did help you, if you did enjoy this, please, it would mean the world to me if you left me a review and if you subscribe to my channel. See you guys next week. Thanks for listening.